just communicate clearly what problem you fix, what pain points you alleviate, like, and what they can expect to gain by engaging with you. And so you can never go wrong keeping a focus on your audience, what they care about, what they're dealing with, and how they're going to benefit from engaging with whatever it is you're asking them to engage with. My name is Samantha Riley, and this is the podcast for coaches, course creators, and experts who want to grow their influence, income, and impact to take their coaching business to a million dollars and beyond. We're going to share the latest business growth, marketing, and leadership strategies, as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life inside and out create the influence income and impact you need to build your business so you can create your ideal lifestyle it's time to make a difference and scale up this is the influence by design podcast welcome to today's episode of influence by design i'm your host for today samantha riley and today we're going to talk about how to acquire new buyers every day consistently which i know is something that was or is near and dear to all of our hearts, otherwise we wouldn't have a business. My guest today is Todd Brown, who's considered the number one authority on engineering profitable customer acquisition campaigns, and he's the creator of the renowned E5 method. So welcome to the show, Todd. Thank you so much for having me, Samantha. I'm really looking forward to it. Where are you coming in from today? I am in South Florida, and so the West Palm Beach area. Nice, nice. Tell us a little bit about your background, how you got here to be doing what you're doing, you know, with your funnels and marketing, because like most of us, you've got probably some sort of crazy story of how you got here. Oh, we're about to find out if you're one of the very few that's got an A to B story. <laughs> Gosh. So, well, number, I grew up in New Jersey and I actually went to college for clinical nutrition. When I graduated, the only job that I can get was at a health club company. So an up and coming company that was opening health clubs, you know, nice, fancy health clubs in central New Jersey. And so I went to work there. And over time, I was put in charge of the personal training department and I was responsible for generating revenue. And I didn't really know much about marketing, advertising, sales. To me, marketing and advertising was like the same thing. Whenever I heard marketing, advertising, I always thought like, you know, Coca-Cola, Home Depot, that sort of thing. Well, one day I got a direct mail piece, a postcard that was advertising a marketing home study program for fitness professionals. Now to show you how long ago this was, this was when I ordered this, I asked my boss if I could order it and expense it. He said, yeah, it was a few hundred dollars, got it in the mail and it was cassette tapes. Oh. And a, like there was cassette tape, hard diskette, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Like some of the, you know, you, you know, uh, you know, the younger folks probably, you know, have no clue what a cassette is or a hard disk is, but it was like these binders and, and whatnot. And that was my first exposure to direct response marketing. I dove in, became enamored with direct response marketing, and I started to implement what it is that I was learning. And I had to tweak some things to fit our situation. And in a very short period of time, I was able to grow my department within this company to become the shining star of the department. And now I was on top of the world in this company. We had now, you know, after a short period of time, we had multiple locations. And then for some strange reason, I got bit by the entrepreneurial bug. And I really wanted to see if I could take what it is that I had learned and was doing in these health clubs. And I wanted to see if I could use it to help other professionals. 
So I decided to put together a program similar to the program that I went through for massage therapists on how to grow their practice, how to acquire, you know, clients and whatnot. And that was my first business. And that over the next, I would say year and a half that grew, became really successful for me. I ended up then doing the same thing for chiropractors. I decided at that point to leave my job, to move my family from New Jersey down to South Florida. And without, I won't bore you with the details, but I ended up sharing with a bunch of entrepreneurs, marketers, how I was designing these campaigns that were bringing in leads that were worth about 24 bucks a piece to us. This is many, many years ago. And at the end of that, that presentation, which was at the time a teleseminar, so to show you how long ago this was, right, before webinars, I had nothing to offer them because I wasn't working with general you know, coaches, consultants, authors, speakers, anything like that. And so at the end of this 90 minutes, after sharing all this stuff about these marketing campaigns, I was like, all right, see you, everybody. And, you know, hung up the phone. 20 minutes later, I get this text message from my buddy who was hosting the thing, who asked me to come on and share with these people. And he said, people are pissed. And I said, about what? Now I'm thinking, what did I do? Yeah, what have I done wrong? <laughs> like, did I, just, did I say something? What did I do? Did I say something wrong? And he said, they're mad. They're upset that you didn't have anything to offer them. And I was like, that's never happened to me before and has never happened to me since, of course, the one time that I have nothing to offer. And so I decided at that point, that was the turning point for me. I decided that I was going to put together a comprehensive training program, coaching program on everything that I do to create and engineer and develop these campaigns. And a couple months later, went back to his audience again, did a second teaching presented this opportunity to go through this program. The program sold out before the end of the teleseminar. And that was the beginning of my main company today. And so what I do today is I really just teach people this method of creating marketing campaigns to acquire buyers and do it in a way where you're able to position yourself as a valuable resource, as an expert, as an authority, and not just pitch, 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 sell, 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 you know, that sort of stuff. Mm, totally. Now, you mentioned in that the difference between marketing and advertising. I'd love you to, to briefly give us the difference on what the difference is between marketing and advertising. Yeah, let's bring it actually over to first to the difference between marketing and selling. So a lot of entrepreneurs, new marketers, even coaches, consultants, they kind of, they confuse the two, they conflate the two, and they think that marketing and selling are the same activities. But marketing and selling are two vastly different activities with two vastly different objectives. So let's start for a second with selling. Selling is what you do when you're communicating with a prospect that already knows the type of product or service they want. They want your type of product or service. And now they really want to know from you why yours, what makes yours different, better than all the other options for that same product or service out there. Marketing is really when you are communicating with an individual who doesn't know yet the exact type of solution that they want, they're maybe not necessarily aware of what you do, what separates you. And so the objective of marketing is really ultimately, and it was Peter Drucker who said this, one of the greatest management gurus ever, 
He said the job, the role of marketing is really to make selling superfluous, to make selling unnecessary. In other words, what he meant was that the job of marketing is to turn a prospect's desire for a result into demand for our product or service before we ever even introduce the product or service. Mm-hmm. I share that because right, a lot of people, what they do when it comes to their online marketing campaigns, their funnels, is they think that their job is to simply sell. But they have to recognize that the majority of the market is not at an awareness level where they know the exact type of solution that they want. They haven't decided on whether they want an agency, whether they want a piece of software, whether they want a coaching program, whether they want a training course, whether they want a book or whatnot. And so that's where marketing comes into play. I share that because advertising is a lot more akin to selling than is marketing. And so I would say that advertising falls more under the heading of selling. Advertising is typically what you're doing when you are, you're talking about a product or service, which is selling. When you're talking about the offer, the price point, the terms, the bonuses, the guarantee, marketing is when you are talking to the prospect about their situation, about their problem, about their needs, and about the best course of action for them to solve their problem. Mm, Love that. You articulated that so well. You talked about positioning in there, and I think that this is a really big piece of getting that marketing just right. I mean, this is a really big question, but where can people start to really look at their positioning so that they can start this marketing piece well? So it's a great question. I love the question. It's a question that I get asked often. And so I'm going to take this in a little bit of a different direction in terms of positioning. So number one, when it comes to for coaches, consultants, so number one, we need to start off by talking about the necessity today of differentiation. And so Vex, what prospective clients want to know, and they want to know this early before they engage with a marketing message, a marketing campaign, a a marketing funnel, is they want to know what's different about your product or service right? What's different about your product or service and what makes your product or service superior to the other options that I have. Now today, right? I want to say something that is going to be somewhat controversial. And so there was a time and a place where your experience, your track record, your length of time in business, when the amount of people that you've served, when those things were meaningful points of differentiation. Today, they are not meaningful points of differentiation anymore, thanks to the tech industry, thanks to startups that went from zero to, you know, to wildly popular in a matter of months, right? And so those things are no longer meaningful points of differentiation. Today, there are only two ways for a coach, consultant, author, speaker, expert to differentiate themselves. Number one is with what's called a unique selling proposition, a USP. Now, a USP is when your product or service or your methodology as a coach, your system, your process, when there is a unique benefit that prospects can experience from your approach, your expertise, that they cannot experience from any other expert, coach, author, consultant. Now, today, USPs are rare They're typically found with disruptive technologies. Like when Uber first hit the scene, they had 
many USPs, right? For the first time ever, you can hail a ride on your phone. You didn't have to have cash on you. You could track when the person would arrive, all that kind of stuff, right? And that was the, those were unique benefits that you could only experience through Uber. You couldn't get them through yellow cabs, taxis, anything like that. Today, we know that thanks to other rideshare companies, Lyft and all these other ones, that those things that were once unique selling propositions are no longer unique selling propositions. And so again, today, the USP, the unique selling proposition was first coined many, many moons ago by a gentleman by the name of Rossa Reeves. It's an, I want to be careful here, but it's an old school method of differentiation that today is rarely effective because for most coaches, consultants, authors, speakers, they're not offering a unique benefit. What they're offering, the payoff, the result, the outcome, the transformation to their prospective clients and clients is similar to what other coaches, consultants, authors, speakers in their market are also offering, which brings us to the second point of differentiation. And you'll understand how this fits into positioning in just a second. The second method for differentiation, which is the one that we focus on and teach is what's called a unique mechanism. Now, a unique mechanism differs from a USP in that the unique mechanism is how does your product or service, or in this case with coaches, consultants, your methodology, your system, your process, how does it work differently to produce the outcome? the result that your prospective clients care about. Let's take a step back for one second and make sure that everybody is aware of this. Number one, everybody, does not matter the product or service. When they invest in a product or service, they are investing in a solution. They are ultimately trying to solve an underlying problem. That problem can be the existence of a pain point, a frustration, a disappointment, an obstacle. That's what we call a problem. But a problem can also be defined as an unfulfilled need or desire. So if I want to grow a green lush lawn um, and I'm not sure how to do that, that's not necessarily a pain point per se, but it's an unfulfilled desire that I have, right? Those are both considered problems. People invest in products and services, coaching, consulting, software, doesn't matter for the solution. They're looking for the outcome, the result, the transformation. People don't invest in products and services for the product or service itself, they invest because of what they believe the result, the outcome, the transformation, the payoff is going to be. And so a unique mechanism explains how your method, your process, your system works differently to produce the result that your prospects care most about. And so for coaches, consultants, experts in that arena, the single most effective thing that they can do when it comes to positioning is to really get clarity on what separates their method, their process for getting their clients' results compared to all the other methods, processes, systems that other coaches and consultants use. And so oftentimes this takes what we refer to as interrogating your mechanism. In other words, a lot of coaches and consultants, they take for granted what it is that they do. Like, you know, they do these six steps with a client. They do this one first, this one second, this one third. And they've never invested the time to get clarity on why do they do that? Why do they do those five steps? Why don't they do six? Why don't they do seven? Why don't they do the, uh, the, some of the common things that other coaches do? 
Why do they do it in the order in which they do it? And why is that critical? What happens if they change the order? All of that kind of questioning, what we refer to as interrogating the mechanism, it helps to give coaches, consultants clarity on what makes their approach, their system, their mechanism unique compared to everybody else. And I want to put a bow on this for a second. I know I'm rambling here. No, no, no. It's great. But right when I said earlier that we use education-based marketing, what I want folks to understand is once you've identified your unique mechanism, right? And every coach, consultant, author, like expert has a unique mechanism, unless you're copying, modeling from moment one to the final moment, exactly what other coaches are doing, you have a unique mechanism. You may just have never invested the time to get clarity on why you do what you do, right? Why you do it the way that you do it and how you do it in the order in which you do it and the steps that you do it and all all that. But so right, once you've identified the unique mechanism, then the foundation of your marketing message is educating your prospective clients on the mechanism, not on your service, not on your coaching, but on here is a different and superior way, Mrs. Prospect, for you to get the result that you care most about. And let me tell you why this is the most effective method for you, what it doesn't require that the common approaches do require, why it's safer, why it's more consistent, why it's more productive, blah, 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 blah. And then in your marketing, once you've led the prospect, the prospective client to understand what makes that unique mechanism, not only different to all the others, but superior to all the others, that's when you introduce your offer for them to get your coaching, your consulting, which is how they can experience the benefits of that unique mechanism that you just educated them on. And so does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And I love this so much. This is what I talk about all the time. I talk about the authority of one, and that's exactly what you're talking about here. It's the authority of that one framework. You call it the unique mechanism. I call it something different, but it's it's the same thing. And we need to get really, really clear on that. I love that you talk about interrogating it. I can imagine the, I guess it's the gold that comes out of that that really takes it to the next level. So I'm loving that. I want to take one little step back just to clean up before we move forward. And that's for people that have multiple different things that they do, you know, speaking to everyone, speaking to different products. Essentially, we're talking about the niche and people get really afraid of getting this one unique mechanism, this one, you know, this one expertise that they do. What can you speak to that before we move forward? Because I think it's really, really important that we just clear that up. Yeah, I think this is a great question. Great point that, you know, number one, first and foremost for folks to realize is that I want to give a little history and then drive home this point that, right, many, many years ago, the amount of years differs in different industries, but many, many years ago, in most industries, there were only generalists, right? So some time, many, many moons ago, there was a town doctor and you went to this doctor, whether God forbid you had a gunshot wound or whether you had, you know, a broken leg or whatever it was, you went to the town doctor, the town doctor was the pro at everything. Mm -hmm. Well, then like in every marketplace over time, markets splinter 
into more specialization or right into more specialists. And so we went from the general doctor to then there was, a, you know, let's call it a pediatrician. And then there was a pediatric neurosurgeon, right? And over time, as the longer markets are around, the more markets splinter and go from generalists to specialists. The thing for everybody to understand is that specialists command and get a heck of a lot more money than do generalists. And so, right, the my cardiologist gets paid a heck of a lot more money than does my family doctor who treats everything, right? The cardiologist focusing on one single thing gets paid a heck of a lot more money than does the general doctor. And you see that in every marketplace. And so people value specialty, specialized information, specialized knowledge, specialized experience, and people willingly pay for that. And so I share that in this context because while folks are often afraid to narrow down their focus to a specific audience, to a specific niche, to, you know, to a specific group of people, thinking that if they do that, they're going to weed out a lot of people. But the reality is that you immediately increase the perceived value of your expertise, your knowledge, your information, your guidance, your coaching. You have a much easier time converting prospective clients into happy paying clients when you specialize. And it really changes the entire dynamic of marketing because it's important for everybody to understand that the more you can match your marketing message to your marketplace, to what your audience cares about, what they want, what they're struggling with, what they're feeling, what they believe, the more your marketing message is going to resonate with them, the higher your conversion rate is going to be, the less expensive it's going to be for you to acquire a client. And so I'm sharing that because the wider you try to go in who you talk to, the less your message is going to resonate with folks the lower your conversion rate is going to be, the more expensive it's going to be for you to acquire clients, the more difficult the game is. The more you narrow your audience, the easier it becomes to target your message to exactly what those people want. And then the game becomes so much easier. And so with that as the backdrop, one other point is that, look, you know, what I would say is I want to be careful because I don't want to send anybody down, down a crazy path, but look, you know, the key is you could have more than one unique mechanism, right? In your approach, right? If you're, you know, if you're solving two different problems, you know, for a particular marketplace, you could have two different unique mechanisms. You could also talk to two different markets. Like in other words, you can attract different clients from different markets, but you shouldn't attempt to talk to both of those markets at the same time. And that's the key. The key is that if, if you're talking to two different audiences, okay, be an expert to audience A and then be an, an expert to audience B and make sure that you're narrowing the focus of who you're talking to so you can have a message that resonates. Love it. Love it. So I framed this episode, how to acquire new buyers every day consistently. Now we've got really clear on our USP, our unique mechanism. What is your framework, I guess, for acquiring clients every day? So, well, I want to be careful here because I want to make sure that I give some actionable guidance. So, and I don't want this to turn into a commercial. So we use a method for creating, for engineering the campaign. It's referred to as the E5 method. It's five steps and it's a pretty deep and comprehensive approach. But, and so I don't want to get into the weeds there. But I do want to say this, that 
there is no one size fits all campaign model that works for everybody because there are some coaches that are what we would call high ticket. They're premium priced, right? There are some agencies that run that are boutique agencies. They're only looking for, you know, for a couple dozen clients and that's it. And then there are some on the other side of the spectrum, there are folks that maybe are looking to take their knowledge, leverage their knowledge as a coach, as an expert, leverage it into, let's call it information products, into training programs, into courses, that sort of thing, which allows them to then have a much bigger audience. They work at a different price point. And so there isn't one marketing campaign model that I would recommend, but there is one approach to structuring the message that gets delivered in that campaign that I would recommend. And the foundation we just talked about, the foundation really is always identify number one, you got to differentiate. You got to be able to answer the question of what makes your program, your approach, your method different and superior from the others. The best, most effective way to do that, unique mechanism. Once you've got the unique mechanism, then regardless of whether you are using, you're selling high ticket, regardless of whether you're selling lower ticket, regardless of whether you are driving people to schedule a call with you so that you can explain how your consulting works, or you're driving people to an order form to purchase a training program or course, what we want to do is we want to present this new, unique, superior way for the prospect to get the result. We want to educate the prospect on that new, different, superior way, right? Through education, offering proof, evidence, support. And then we want to lead them to an offer. And what that offer is, is going to differ if it's that offer might be for a free consultation to understand what their needs are. That offer may be for a training program that they get instant access to, and then they get access for life. And so there are different models that are appropriate for different entrepreneurs, depending on the type of business that they're looking to build. But the foundation of the messaging, what is actually said and delivered and presented in those marketing campaigns should always be driven by education-based marketing content, should always be driven by a differentiator in the form of a unique mechanism and all that jazz. You talked a lot then about messaging and something that I see many coaches go through is changing their offer. So if things aren't working well, they change their offer. How often do you think that people should be changing their offer versus looking at the message that's attracting people to their offer? It's an awesome question. What I would say is that the right answer to that question is that they shouldn't be making any change to their marketing campaign subjectively, meaning based on their opinion or speculation or assumptions. So sometimes, you know, when somebody says, you know, my campaign isn't working, right? We work with coaches and consultants and, and they'll say, they'll make this general statement of my campaign isn't working. And so I always say, what does that mean? Right. Help me to understand what do you mean by not working? Oh, I love this so much. And so, right. And there's sometimes, there's various answers that they give. I, I can't get people to click on my ads or I'm paying an arm and a leg for, you know, like I'm paying X amount, you know, and to get a new course buyer and that buyer is only worth, you know, half of that to me. And so number one, when it comes to fixing or optimizing a marketing campaign, 
the beauty of using direct response marketing, the type of marketing that we use, is that it's all data and metric driven. So unlike brand institutional advertising used by Home Depot, Pepsi, that sort of thing, with direct response, it's not subjective. It, nothing, no decisions should be ever, ever made based on my feeling, your feeling, my opinion, your opinion, you know, what you think, what I think doesn't matter. The beauty is that with direct response, everything is measurable, trackable, and quantifiable. And so what that means is that we need to look at the metrics in a campaign to understand what the constraint is in the campaign. So let me give you an example here. Perfect. So let's say you had said that, you know, some folks will say, you know, my campaign isn't working and it's not producing sales, let's say. And so they will change the offer. But maybe if they looked at their, let's call them analytics for a second of their campaign, their metrics, their tracking, they would see that 90% of their prospective clients never even get to the offer. They never even see the offer. They bounce, you know, in the first 60 seconds of their video, or they hit their marketing and sales page and they read, you know, a quarter of the way down and then they bail. And so changing the offer doesn't address the constraint because 90% of the people aren't even getting to the offer. And so, right, maybe the constraint is if they're, let's say, hypothetically, and again, this is where different marketing models come into play. If they're using a two-step campaign where they're, let's say, running an ad on Facebook, they're sending people to a page to opt in, to enter their email address, request more information, press submit, and then they come to, let's say, a video that's education-based, blah, blah, blah. Well, we may see when we look at the metrics, the analytics, that the problem is the opt-in page is only converting 10%, meaning 10% of the people that hit that page are entering their email. And so for every 100 people that we are sending to that page from a paid ad, 90 are bouncing and not even entering their email address. And that's why, right, we're only getting, you know, five people to the offer. When we look at our, our Facebook ads and we said we sent 100 people there, we only generated one sale, but we only got five people to the offer. So in that instance, that's an example of the opt-in page being the constraint. And so my point in sharing all that is that it shouldn't be done based on speculation. It should be done based on what do the metrics tell you about what's going on in the campaign. So sometimes it could be the offer. Sometimes it could be what we call the lead, the first 350, 400, 500 words of the marketing campaign, whether it's a video, whether it's a long form you know, marketing and sales page. Sometimes it could be the marketing argument meaning that in the middle of the body of the marketing message, somebody's going off on a crazy tangent, they're giving irrelevant information, they're, giving, they're getting too deep into the weeds on proof, support, that sort of thing. But we let the metrics tell us what's going on, and then we optimize the constraint. So it's kind of like the way that I think about it, the way that I teach this is, imagine that your campaign is like a chain, you know, and it's got multiple links. Well, the strength of a chain is always determined by the weakest link. It's never determined by the strongest link. And so it's our job when we want to strengthen the chain, right? When we want to strengthen the chain, it's our job to identify which is the weakest link. And then we work on that link and we strengthen that link. And then, of course, the process can continue because there's always a weakest link in a chain. There's always a constraint. We want the numbers to tell us what that constraint is. I love that so much. I love that you've talked about optimize the constraint because 
if you don't know the data, it's very difficult to go and actually figure out what's going on. And I see so many people just going in circles trying to, you know, guess what it is or, you know, redo their offer. I see that so often where it's not, you're right, they're not even, people aren't even getting to the offer. And a lot of times I see that their audience doesn't actually understand what it is that they do in the first place. So they haven't even got to the offer. So good. Yeah, well said, well said. So good. Todd, for people that want to learn more about you, where can they go to find you? So our main site is Todd Brown, T-O-D-D-B-R-O-W-N dot M-E. That's just our general site. If they're interested in learning more about the E5 method, I believe we've got like a 300 page book, hardcover book. I think right now it's a soft cover. And there's the team has, I believe, like a $10, $12 offer for folks to get the book at, I believe it is E5, the, the letter E, the numeral five bundle.com. Awesome. What is one thing that you would like to leave the listeners with in regards to being able to bring in leads every single day? Just, I know that's a huge thing, but just like one little bow that can wrap this episode up. Wow. No pressure. (laughs) No pressure whatsoever. I think if there was one thing I would share, it is when you're communicating with folks, make sure you keep your focus on them. And what I mean by that is what people want to know is, you know, from by engaging with you, whether it is, I don't, whether it's they're investing money with you, they're requesting more information, they're watching a video, they're downloading a PDF of some sort, that no matter what it is that you are presenting, communicate the benefits, the payoff, the result what pain points are going to be alleviated, what frustrations are going to be alleviated, what problem you solve and what, you know, what benefits, what positive outcomes they can expect to experience. And don't try to, don't try to be a marketing wizard, just communicate clearly what problem you fix, what pain points you alleviate, like, and what they can expect to gain by engaging with you. If it's a free PDF, They still want to know, what am I going to get from this? What is this going to show me? What is this going to do for me? How is this going to change my life? And so you can never go wrong keeping a focus on your audience, what they care about, what they're dealing with, and how they're going to benefit from engaging with whatever it is you're asking them to engage with. Just dropping the value bomb there. So many people think that just by putting up a lead magnet that people are going to put in an, an email address, and it is so not the case. I love that you finished with that. That is just so much value right there. Thanks so much, Todd. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today and I look forward to speaking to you again. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other coaches and experts who are growing and scaling their business too, come and join the Coaches Course Creators and Speakers group on Facebook. The links are all waiting for you over at samanthariley.global.